Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Welcome, everyone. It's good to get this thing off. It's funny, Shane said to me, said to, said to me before, he's like, you realise how bad your breath smells wearing this thing? And I was like, yeah. And a good thing I can hear you laugh because I can't see you laughing. Um, so uh, we're going through this series called Fruits of Summer. And um, we're going through a verse in Galatians 5, verse 22. And we'll read this verse. It says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come here uh, to worship you and to hear of your word, Lord. Pray that you would just open our hearts to receive the truth this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and that we may just be able to hear the good news that you have for us today, that we would just be able to receive that truth in your precious name. Amen. So um, this is my first time preaching. And... um, when Shane first, he asked me to preach, I said yes with fear and trembling. But um, when he said the, the, uh, the topic was patience, I thought, wow, I, you only have to ask my wife. I'm not a very patient person. And I think that's the, the sense of humor of God. He tends to use our weaknesses to be able to work in and through us. And um, none of us love to wait, do we? Can I show you a show of hands who love being patient? We love waiting through times that are hard. No hands? No, I certainly don't love waiting. But what Paul is saying to the Galatians here, that patience is a virtue. Patience is a good thing. Patience is something that we want to have. It's something that the Holy Spirit gives us. And I've been wrestling and just preparing for this message. I wrestled with this question of why? Why does God want us to wait patiently? Um, particularly when we live in a culture where convenience is so, we're just saturated by convenience. You only have to watch TV, watch ads on TV, and any product that they're trying to sell you, it will sell if it can sell us convenience, right? Convenience is something that our our culture values probably more than patience, I think. And um, as I was preparing some things, I I just wrote down a couple of things that demonstrate or show that we are so saturated by convenience. We've got microwave meals in minutes, we've drive through fast food, drive through coffee, online groceries delivered to our door, we want entertainment on demand, why wait for the next season of our favourite show, we've got Netflix, we've got Stan, YouTube, Binge, like you even called Binge, it means we can just watch it and watch it and watch it, we don't, we don't have to wait for the next season to come out, we just watch it when we want to watch it, and we can even take it in our, anywhere, anytime in our pockets on our phone. Um, we've got Uber Eats, you don't have to even pick up your food. <laughs> Amazon Prime, free delivery in two business days. Instagram, instantly we can just take a photo, post it online, our friends can comment on it. You've got the lottery, get rich instantly. Express lanes and drive, like, the list goes on. And um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it like this, I love it how he said it. He said, waiting is the art that our impatient age has forgotten. It's so true, isn't it? Um, convenience, this, these ideas of convenience in our culture, I think, have shifted into the church and have shifted into our minds of how we expect God to work. We, our culture tells us if we can think it, 
and just click it, we can have it. Within two business days, Amazon says. And I think these, are, so these ideas, I think, are creeping into the church, and I often am guilty of this. Like, I think we can often think that we can just pray, pray it, click that amen button, and God will deliver the promise that we want, will deliver what we're asking for him. For, of him, And I think it's some, I'm so guilty of this. I sometimes would pray and say, God, why is this not happening? And then two days later, I stopped praying for it because I expected it to happen. Um, I, I put up these two on the screen here. I've got um, the definition of, patience, of convenience and patience because I really feel that convenience actually kills our ability to be patient. Convenience says this, the state of being able to proceed with something without difficulty and patience is the capacity to accept or, delay, accept or tolerate delay problems or suffering. So if we think about it, if we have way too much convenience in our lives, if we could proceed with almost everything in our lives without difficulty, how then do we develop that capacity to be able to ex- tolerate suffering? I think the key word here in that definition of, of patience is suffering. And um, patience is actually the ability to be able to wait through times of t- when times are tough, when things are hard, and being able to keep being a person of integrity. And um, not to get too Bible geeky, but uh, Paul, when he uses this word patience, um, the Greek word is sometimes translated in some of other English translations to mean long, su- long suffering or endurance. So I think that's really key to, to patience is that we're actually persevering through times that are, that, are, that, that are of suffering and hardship. And as a church, as a community, we, we don't want to be shaped by the culture, do we? We, don't, we want to be shaped by what God tells us is important. We want to be shaped by his word, the Bible. So back to that question, I want to try and answer this today, is why does God ask us? Why does he want us to wait patiently? And the first reason here is that the process of waiting patiently produces character. Is your desire for convenience killing your ability to be patient? Or is it killing our our character? Is our desire for patience hindering that process that God wants to put us through in order to develop our character? Um, Because patience is that process. It is that process, that being the ability to be able to persevere, to push through, to tolerate suffering, is the process by which God is making us into the men and women that he wants us to be. And sometimes it's painful. We all, we've all been through that. Sometimes it's a painful process we, we, we have to go through. Um, I want to have a quick look at the story of Joseph. Um, if you haven't heard of the story of Joseph, it comes from the first book in the Bible, um, from chapters 37 to 41. And um, if you don't have a Bible, if you're new to church today, the first time you walked into church, we would love to give you one. We're, we're a church and we, we love the Bible. And we, we're a church, we have plenty of them. So come and see me after the service and we'll make sure you get a Bible. So Joseph, he was a young man, 17 years old, and God gave him this incredible dream. He gave him a dream that he would be a great leader, a leader that would lead over the whole known world at that time, over all of Egypt. And at 17, I can imagine, because I, I look back at myself when I was 17, I would not be a great leader at 17. 
And many of us would look back at us in seven, at, at the age of 17 and go, yeah, there's probably a few character flaws in me to be able to do that. And I, I imagine, I'm presuming this, that Joseph wouldn't have been ready to receive that promise at 17 years old. In Genesis 37 verse 8, it says that Joseph, Joseph's brothers hated him all the more because of his dream and the way he talked about them. Why did they hate him? Because of his dream. And they hated him because of the way he talked about it. And I think if God had put Joseph in a position of leadership at this point in time, you would have had a, probably a very insecure, maybe selfish. I look at my, when I was 17, I was pretty selfish. And he would, let, he would have led in a completely different way to what God needed him to lead. So Joseph needed to go through this process of character purification. And the story goes on. The brothers tore his, his robe, his beautiful robe that his father gave him. They threw him into a pit and they sold him as a slave. Wow. Joseph goes from being the heir of a wealthy man, much closer to the promise that God had for him at that point. He goes from being this heir to a wealthy man to be a slave. And not just... Him being a slave, but his children's children would be slaves. He's a slave for 10 years in an officer of Pharaoh's house. And he's probably thinking, that when he first became a slave, he's probably thinking, okay, dad's going to come and rescue me, right? Dad's coming. One month goes past, two months go past, six months, two years go past. And the hope of a father's rescue is gone. It's completely gone. Ten years a slave. So I can imagine, I think ten years ago, ten years is a very long time. Ten years ago, we didn't have kids. It feels like 20 years, but um, no, I, I do love my kids, but it's, it's often difficult. But ten years a slave, a very long time. But things are going okay as, a sla- as, as, as good as it can be for a slave. But just as you think things couldn't get worse, what happens? His master's wife accuses him of trying to sleep with her. And then he gets thrown into prison for something he didn't do. And what is he thinking? What do you think Joseph is thinking at this point of time? Where are you, God? Where are you? Where is this promise that you had for me? Where is this dream that I would be a great leader? I was once the heir of a wealthy man. Now I'm in a dungeon. He's far from that point of actually being that leader that God promised. But what does it say? In verse 21 of chapter 39, it says this, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Wow. What can we learn from this? God's presence of his love is not dependent on the circumstances. And that is so true. He, Joseph was in a dungeon, but God's love was not absent from him there. Ten years a slave, two years in prison. And what happens next? Pharaoh has this dream. He gets, Joseph gets pulled out of prison, interprets this dream, and instantly becomes the second most powerful person in the world. The second most powerful person just under Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says this. He says, 
Can we find anyone else like this man, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all things known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in Egypt. Wow. In an instance, God's promise comes true. And then his, the famine comes. What was in, in Pharaoh's dream? There was a famine and it came. And um, Joseph's brothers come to Egypt looking for food. Because they, 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 they were in a famine in their land and they come to Egypt. They knew that Egypt had food because of what, jo- what Joseph was doing and leading. And um, when they arrive, what do you think Joseph would do? Go to that dungeon where I was for two years. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't just give them what they need. He gives them double. He gives his younger son five times more than what they needed. So he, this is a far cry from this young 17-year-old who was not ready to lead. But the character of God had been developed in him in such a way that he blessed those who cursed him. And he did good to those who abandoned him. So for Joseph, this process of patiently waiting on God produced in him the character of God in order that he would receive his promise. And I think this is so true of us, and I'll put it up on the screen here because I think it's, it's, just, it's so important. Patiently waiting on God produces in us the character of God in order that we can receive that promise. Do you sometimes feel like you are in that dungeon where Joseph is. You may, be, may have lost your job because of COVID last year and things aren't looking great because of the new restrictions and things that are going on. You may be struggling in your relationship and you're wondering, God, how long until you can help restore my relationships here? You may be, may be trying for a child for many years and you're asking, God, how long? How long do I need to wait for this period of suffering to end? And we're not the only ones who ask that question. King David wrote in Psalm 13, he says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? But in verse 5 it says this, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Through the unexpected twists and turns of Joseph's life, God's still working. He's still working to bring about that promise. And this is the same for us. He's still working in your life to to build your character and enable you one day to look back and say these words that David said. The Lord has been good to me. I love this verse. It says in Romans 5, verse 3 to 4, it says this, Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance is what we talked about before, well, patience is, it means to persevere through suffering. So patience produces character and character hope. So patiently waiting on God produces in us the character of God in order to receive the promise of God. And that promise is hope. So the second reason of why is it so important and why does God ask us to be patient is this, Through patience, God delivers 
his promise. Now, there's another story. I'll quickly go through this story. It's Abraham. He was 75 years old, and God gave him a promise as well. It says in Genesis 12, it says, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. He's 75 years old. He has no kids. Him and his wife have no kids. They're old, and God gives him this blessing that he's going to have a great family. In, in chapter 21, verse 5, it says, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. So just do the quick math, 75, 100 is 25 years later. So you'd think at 24 years, Abraham's going, what's going on? 25 years later. But in Hebrews, it actually talks about Abraham's faith and about his patience. It says this, Hebrews 6, uh, verse 11 to 15 We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end, so that you may be be fully, so so your hope may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what God has promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. What was it through that Abraham inherited that promise? It was through faith and through patience. Now we know faith means to believe, but patience is really a display of that faith. And an example of this, I think as parents, and many of you are parents, and when I say to my kids, I say that I love them. I tell them all the time that I love them. But if I tell them that I love them, and then I turn around, and I'm so impatient with them, and I'm just always angry, always kind of waiting, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I told you to do this. You're so impatient with them. My impatience is not, demonst- not displaying or demonstrating the love that I profess to them. And I think that's the same with Abraham here. His faith... In God, his profession, his profession of his faith in God is demonstrated through him waiting patiently. So we're looking at these two reasons of why God wants us to be patient. One of them being that the process of waiting patiently produces character. The second, through patience, God delivers his promise. But many of you might be thinking, okay, it's good to understand and know why but I, know, I need to know how. How do I be patient? I, am, am I, you, some of you might be thinking, are you just saying to him that we just got to be more like Abraham? We just got to be more like Joseph? Just try harder. Try harder be, be, to be patient and God will just make our lives easier or God's promises will come true if we just try harder. No, that is not the answer. And this is the beauty of the gospel. This is the beauty of the Christian faith. And it's what distinguishes the Christian faith from any other worldview and religion. And if you're not a Christian here today, this is where I really want you to listen and hear what I have to say. Because the Christian faith is not about working your way towards, it's not about trying harder to be patient. As a follower of Jesus, that is not what um, gives us patience. Many of the other religions of the world or different worldviews, even secular ones, they will say to you, you've just got to find it up within. Just 
Conjure up enough will from within you and you can be patient. If you try harder, you'll be a better person. Other religions say if you want to be reconciled with the God of the universe, all you have to do is try harder, work harder, do better things, and you will work your way towards favour for him. But the, the Christian message is not that. The Christian message says, says all we need to do is confess that we've turned from God, confess that we've rebelled against him, and turn to him, put our faith, our trust, and our hope in him. And he has promised that he will give us patience. So just in closing today, just want to look at that question. Two really quick answers to that question of how. How can we have patience? And as I said before, God gives it to us. When you become a follower of Jesus, what happens? It says in Acts 2 verse 38, it says, Repent, which means to turn from your old way, to change your mind, and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And looking back at our verse that we're going through in this series, who produces this patience? The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, and patience. So it's not us. It's God who produces it in us. And remember back in the story of Joseph, who was with him all along the way? God was with him. What did Pharaoh say about him? He said, he said this, Can we find anyone like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? That same Spirit of God that was with Joseph and helped him through that time is with us too. He's in us and he produces these fruits. He produces the fruit of patience. And the second one there, and I'll just close in this with this, is God gives us a future hope to endure the waiting. How do we get patience? It's through this future hope to help us endure the waiting. We read earlier in the passage of Romans 5, what does it say there? It says, suffering produces perseverance, Perseverance, character, and character, what? Hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and who, who has been given to us. Now, we could spend another hour on just talking about what this hope is. But we know that God has given us a hope for the future, a hope that will one day be with him, an eternal hope that nothing in this world can offer. So God gives us that hope to help us endure through the waiting, to help us to be patient. So be assured, our story, like Joseph, ends in hope. And Jesus has made sure of that. So let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you love us. Thank you so much that you, the God of the universe, has produced, produces in us this virtue, this fruit of patience. Without you, we cannot do this. Without you, we cannot endure through suffering, endure through the hard times. Lord, we just thank you that you are there for us. Thank you that because of what you have done on the cross for us, Jesus, you have made it possible for us to be reconciled with, it, with the, our designer, our God, our Father in heaven, the one that loves us. 
Thank you again in your precious name. Amen.